Wake Space Astrology Podcast. I'm Lori Rivers with you, here to help you with some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world. Mercury has stationed direct. That is right, my friends. It is moving forward. <laughs> it is now moving through the shadow. Okay. That's not a scary thing. And we'll talk a little bit about that here on the podcast. Um, it is a bumpy ride this week. I'm not going to lie. I talked about that a lot, though. I talked about it throughout 2022. I talked about it um, in the year ahead twice last year. So if you have the 2023 year ahead, you, you, you know I talked about this. It's been something of a concern to me for a year <laughs> and um, I'm kind of tired of talking about it so I'll talk about Mercury and, and what it means for it to be in direct motion and, and what it means to go through the shadow phase but what I really want to talk about in this episode episode 22 one of my favorite numbers episode 22 of season 3 we're going to talk about the new moon in Taurus because it is a very bright and shiny silver lining in what looks to be a very volatile week. And I think it's going to be a lot of political vol volatility, economic volatility. There's just volatility all over the place. And so what you're going to see on, or hear on this podcast is some hope and that ray of sunshine that we've got in the new moon in Taurus. So we're gonna talk about that. So let's see, we're talking about Mercury and what it means to be direct. We're gonna talk about the new moon. Um, I'm gonna give you some hope to listen to because I, I don't think you really wanna to listen to me cringe about this week. Um, I already talked about how you can make the best use of it. Uh, I think we're going to look at um, all the different activities we're going to be doing. I, I've got some news to catch you guys up with. There's some of that. We'll do that during patron shoutouts because, um, and don't skip some if you're a listener. I'm not just trying to get you to join my Patreon. I get it if you don't want to be a patron. I, but our patrons sponsor the podcast. And so there's juicy information inside that section. I often leave little tidbits in there, little Easter eggs. So you want to not skip that part of the podcast. We'll, of course, do astrology Q&A. But we're not doing an astro chat this week um, here on the podcast. We are, however, doing a very special broadcast for patrons only on May 16th. Uh, in Patreon, Patreon, using Riverside.fm, we're going to do a call-in show, which is super fun, for any of the mods that work with me or the astrologers. Um, we're going to come in, we're going to chit-chat, we're going to have some fun, we're going to blow off some steam, we might take some jello shots. No kidding. Well, I don't know. Maybe somebody will. I don't know. <laughs> but we're just, we're going to just make it fun and take calls from patrons, and I'm really, really excited about that. Um, and then I'm going to answer here on the podcast. I'll answer some astrology Q and a, because that is awesome. But, and probably during that gives some astrological information. I think people need to know because there's so much misinformation. Um, and I hear people kind of regurgitate and, and you don't know what you don't know. Okay. And people, I think don't realize 
that astrology is a field of study. It is a multidisciplinary field of study. It's not just a party trick. It's not just, you know, a glib thing or, or like a personality sorter. It, it's not. It's it's an ancient multidisciplinary field of study. Notice I didn't say science because I there's there's too much room for interpretation but there are scientific aspects to them okay like the math and the, there, there's elements okay but i'll say you know it's about as scientific as economics only it's more accurate <laughs> oh dang spurn um but anyway so there's a lot up on deck this week i want to focus on the positive because that's what it's going to take to get through this week in any any way shape or form so hold on to your hats folks let's let's look at the silver linings together grab your coffee get your hands on the wheel for the commute get the laundry or the dishes going i'm here to help you get through your tasks for the day or if you're stuck at a desk typing away i'm here to distract you <laughs> let's get going start with the silver linings for this week all right we're going to start with the silver linings i think that's the most important thing we can do because how we focus our energy from now until the new moon is really important and it doesn't mean uh pretend everything's okay if it's not it doesn't mean um ignore uh, a tense reality but what it what we need to do is focus on the objective because this new moon can help kick start off a project that is ready to hit the ground okay so this isn't the type of of new moon where we're setting intentions for a far away future a five to ten year matter okay or or even a year or two out this is a project that you've been working on or something in your life you've been you know actively and probably frustratedly working on for quite some time and now it's ready to kick over and become a reality so the moon is at 2853 of taurus that is the maturity of taurus um it is you know, Taurus is one of the life-giving signs. It's you put the seed in the ground and it germinates and, and it grows and, and cancer tends that. Well, Mars is in cancer and Mars is always action. Don't let anyone tell you that Mars in cancer doesn't take action. It does. It just isn't direct. Okay. It's tenacious. It's um, steady steady it well it ebbs and flows but it, it still makes an impact if you look at how the tide ebbs and flows off a shoreline it wears it down well it doesn't do that because it gives up does it now all right so you've got this this project this baby is ready to pop this this it could be artwork it could be a restaurant it could be um, some kind of real estate deal it could be a um a business idea or a project i've got a couple 
you know, that I've been working on for quite some time. And in fact, I was trying to stagger them. <laughs> you know how that goes. All the best plans, right? Well, they're all coming to needing to start their next phase, whatever that phase is, all at the same time. That is this new moon energy. Now, it's interesting because as this new moon is in a very supportive aspect with Mars, it's in a sextile with Mars and Cancer, this is do-it-now energy. And yet, it's going to look like the whole freaking world is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm yeah and that is where you have to hold steady and kind of tune out the noise i'm not saying take scary risks i'm not saying do something dumb i'm not saying go all in if you don't have anything in reserve i am saying it, it, don't stop because it feels scary okay because things feel scary when we grow Sometimes we're so willing to stay in an uncomfortable, bad situation because of the unknowingness of, of, of what the next step is. You know, whether it, the best way to describe this is you may very much want to leave home as a young person and you graduate high school and you're excited to go to college. But man, when you're taken off for college, it's scary as hell. And you think, am I doing the right thing? It could be you have a change in a relationship, right? And you, the relationship might be wholly dysfunctional, but you've put time, you've invested time and energy into it. And you think, oh my God, should I, I would, why would I want to waste all that time I put into it? Right? Right? Um, when in actual fact, you've been wasting time on yourself, not giving it to yourself. Um, but that unknowingness, can kind of freak us out and so this is a time to hold steady you've put in the time you've put in the work this is not a surprise it is not a brand new idea this is something you've been working on or wanting to do for a really long time now it's time to do more than make a wish you don't this isn't make a wish energy this is make a rock solid plan with proven steps Okay. Other people have probably gone before you. You want to use the footsteps in front of you. This is a well-worn path. Okay. You might have a cool idea. That's a refresh of something. Um, most times when we think we're doing something no one's ever done before, it's probably not something no one's ever done before. We just didn't know that there's other people doing it. Okay. There's always a model. So even if it might be a subject that something hasn't been done in before, there's a model, a business model, a project model, an outline. Okay. So you want to be working on a solid plan that has kind of a, a precedent. Okay. You're not setting the precedent. You're walking a well-worn path and it can still be scary do it anyway you want to keep fear to a minimum because fear is going to be your biggest obstacle this week and i can guarantee you the media is going to be whipping it up just whipping it up there's going to be some doozies out there and there's going to be natural events there's going to be probably some violence um i talked about it last week i, I don't want to talk about it this week i i really want to focus on the good stuff so if you want to know what kind of a shit show it's going to be next week, listen to the last episode if you haven't already, or listen to it first, uh, refresh. Where you want to put your focus, 
is on this new moon and it's good for everybody it's good for everybody this is universally good for everybody where it will be good for you specifically is where you find taurus the late degrees okay the late degrees of taurus and cancer all right because it, it that is exact so if you have um a taurus rising with the late degrees of taurus in the first house cancer rising late degrees of, of cancer in the first house um if you have um the sun moon mercury venus or mars in cancer this really really benefits you um or taurus in those later degrees so don't come at me and go my sun's at zero degrees cancer i'll be like that's great jupiter will be in a sextile to that and that's really nice it has nothing to do with the new moon degrees matter there are 30 degrees in a sign from zero to 29 okay we could make it a song there are 30 degrees in a zodiac sign from zero to 29 right can we do that all right so those degrees don't have an, a meaning inherently except for zero and 29 that that's zero holds all the potential 29 holds the maturity okay that's it 15 shows middle ground degree theory is not a real thing okay i will i will die on that hill <clears throat> it's superstitious nonsense we use degrees navigationally okay look at your gps it'll say x degree north something degree west it's directional okay and it is in in your astrology chart as well if you watch my youtube video walkthrough on the chart on the natal chart that'll that'll explain some of that to you I mean, visually because it's kind of hard to do it verbally like you can't see anything so if you want a visual walkthrough go to my youtube channel i'll link it in the in the show notes so cancer and taurus get some big bennies out of this so does pisces okay pisces gets a benny scorpio gets a benny um virgo gets a benny capricorn gets a benny um those guys they they all do well at the later degrees at the later degrees um it isn't that the other signs don't get benefit it's just you know these guys get the most bang for their buck um, don't feel left out because even if you don't have placements, you still have positions in your chart um, at the late degrees of Taurus and Cancer in the houses. But Lori, my houses are empty. There is no such thing as an empty house. It is apparently empty. It means it only looks empty. There's energy there. Please don't argue with me about it. I get so tired of people arguing with me. I'll be like, hey. I've, I've been doing this a long time. And so it's like, yeah, well, I just started, but this is what I heard. And I'm like, that's great. I've been doing this for three decades. You can keep arguing. Just don't. Okay. It only looks empty. We're going to go through some of that in Natal Chart Foundations. That starts May 20th. If you haven't signed up for Natal Chart Foundations and you've been wanting to, your chance is here your chance is here so <clears throat> we start may 20th 
And then Intermediate Astrology starts on the 14th. I'm super excited about that. Super excited. Um, if you applied to be part of that, by the way. If you applied to be part of that. I sent the emails out. So if you missed it because it was Mother's Day, go, go back and check your inbox. Um, so not everybody who applied got into it. Um, some people were, were referred back to natal chart foundations. It doesn't mean I don't like you and it doesn't mean I don't think you'll be good. It just means you need a more solid foundation to really rock it through the class, um, in intermediate. Cause I'm really, at, we're going to start getting a little, a little tougher on the astrology as we move forward. And I want people to do that with confidence. So back to the new moon. The new moon has a lot of potential. The new moon has a lot of potential to get moving, but you've got to take action. Okay. You cannot just sit around saying affirmations, listening to solfagio sounds or biurnal beats. And, but I'm listening to the manifestation tone. That's great. You still have to take action. There isn't a spiritual teacher on the planet who would tell you anything else. You gain clarity. You align to the vision, the dream, the hope, the aspiration. And that alignment then causes action that is in alignment with the vision. Okay. And that can be weird. It doesn't mean that you're just, oh, there's only one way to make this happen. It could be you get this impulse to go to the corner store where somebody says, oh, hey, nice shirt. Did you know about this app? And you didn't need to know about that app, but that makes you think about another app and you start doing research. Next thing you know, you're down a rabbit hole that starts you a business. Okay. <laughs> it can, that aligned action can lead to many strange happenings. This is probably going to be more steady, more proven, more direct than that. You may get a, a, just a bug in your ear to just go do some research online. You might uh, talk to a friend and, and get the advice you needed. You might finally take some action. It'll probably be financial too. Okay. I know it will be for me. And I find that really, really fascinating because, um, it's just, just where this is all falling in my chart. Um, it's, it's very fascinating to see where we go next. Um, and I can't talk about any of it because it's too early in the process. But whereas I thought I might have to go like look for investment capital, um, I may have been able to source the funding myself. And um, if you would have told me six years ago, I would have been able to do that. Well, I th would have thought you were nuts. I would have. I would have been like, you're nuts. And so um, I'm really, really proud of, of all the hard work that's come to get us to this space. And that's something you want to, you know, give yourself a pat on the back because that's something to do with this new moon. This is not something new. It is a next step in making something real. It's part of the birthing process. So just like you got a baby in the belly, and even if you haven't had a baby in the belly, let's just suppose there's a baby in the belly and it's ready to come out. Well, a you know, we call it a newborn because it is newly born into the physical world, but it in actual fact was growing inside of a physical environment for 10 months. 
yeah, eight, nine months. It's 40 weeks. I don't know how anyone thought it's probably that first, that first month because real people who aren't crazy people know that the first four to eight weeks of a pregnancy, the odds of blighted, blighted ovum and other rejected issues of the body and spontaneous abortion, which is what a miscarriage is called medically. Look it up, look it up, encyclopedia. Sorry. Um, but anyway, so a newborn is called a newborn because it is birthed into the physical world, taking a breath on its own. Okay, that's what causes life is first breath. The Greeks and Babylonians thought so too. So did um, the Canaanites. So did the Hebrews. So did the Jewish people. So did many indigenous people. It's only in modern times <laughs> that people have a problem with that. Um, so these are projects that are ready to leave the incubator and be birthed into the world. Now they still need tending, thus Mars and Cancer. They still need tending. They need guardianship. Okay. They're not ready to fly all the way on their own, these projects. Okay. And it could be a project at work. It could be a real estate deal. It could be an art project. It could be a book. It could be whatever you've been working on, whatever is your baby, whatever you hold in high esteem. It could be a financial deal. It could be a product. It could be anything. It depends on your experience. I'm the, we're talking about that container like energy we're dealing with here and it is being birthed. Okay. So there might be some labor pains <laughs> in the early part of the week. Um, <laughs> those can be healing. Those can be healing. We've been taught in the Western world to shy away from pain. And um, understand that pain can be part of the healing process. And so if old worries, doubts, past experiences, past failures are up on deck and you're feeling the stress of it, and hey, I get it, me too. Okay, I'm about to take a, what kind of feels like a scary big step, but it's honestly, I don't, as I get closer to it, it doesn't feel as big as it did last week. And it doesn't feel anywhere close to as big as it felt, you know, 10 years ago. It can feel really scary. But the fact of the matter is, it's an illusion, this idea of distance and hard and easy. It's about focus and just taking the next step. You don't have to get to the finish line on this. You just have to actively take the next step. And there's going to be stuff that comes up for release. Remember, we always get a little crunchy right before we make things happen. Okay. Right before that new moon, it's always there's emotional release because you're making room to plant the seeds for the next step. And these, <clears throat> these are already sprouted seeds. You know, you went and got a pony pack of marigolds <laughs> to plant. Okay. You're not planting little, little teeny tiny seeds. You, you've got seedlings that have buds on them and you're putting those in the garden. So that's what the new moon has to bring. 
I'll talk about it more in Patreon, and we'll talk about it on Tuesday as well, because we're all going to need some good news by 4 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday. <clears throat> if you want to participate, you can join the Patreon, and um, it starts at five bucks. Five bucks a month sponsors the podcast, gets you crunch reports, um, and you get to join in some fun, fun live action, which is super cool. Horoscopes start at 15, and they are specific and guide you through. We've got the new format now. Um, we did our third week of the live streams. Because of Mercury Retrograde, actually, um, where I just could not hit that deadline for Lover Money. And so we did, um, we did the live stream for the Scorpio Full Moon, to make up for it. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I'm never going to get these written. Everything is, is getting in my way. This Mercury retrograde was kicking my hiney. And, um, actually I really, really like doing them that way. Cause it's a lot more interactive and on my live stream software, I can read people's comments. We can interact, make it more personal. And now we have chapters. And so it's easier to find your stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Pretty excited about that. And, um, you know, again, and, and if people don't like it, I don't know. Cause they haven't told me, you know, so I always find it kind of funny when people kind of come and go out of the Patreon because they don't always, they don't always say, you know, what's going on and what they have a problem with or, you know, I'm like, okay, if you don't tell me, I can't fix it. So, and I'm pretty responsive about getting things fixed if I can fix them. If it's, if it's a, not a me problem, I can't fix it. So that's why I'll say, well, that's a Wix problem or that's a Patreon problem. I, I don't do the code on those, um, but I can put in a, a ticket, you know, a tech ticket. So anyway, but likewise, if there's something you really like and you want me to keep doing, you got to let me know about that too. Cause I don't know without feedback. I don't know. I don't know. Feedback's important. Mercury is direct. Uh, we're going to talk about that up next. Let's talk about Mercury direct and give you a little astrology lesson. I think that'll help. So you understand what the retrograde stuff all is. And you stop freaking yourself out about Mercury moving through the shadow. astrology basics we're going to talk about what a retrograde period is okay so planets actually never go retrograde in reality okay that means they never are moving backwards in the sky but we live on planet earth and our perceptions shape our reality and from our point of view on Earth, a geocentric point of view, when we look up in the sky, there are certain times when we're observing celestial bodies, not the sun or the moon. Um, they never appear to go backwards. But the others, the planets, often do. And I say often. Everybody acts like it's a big surprise. Mercury normally has a three-week retrograde period about three times a year. 
when they say it's been four times like last year it was like the last two days of the year okay because remember our calendars are arbitrary there is no one calendar that is the accuratest or the most accurate it's really late as you know i record this very late at night on sunday or early hours monday we're well past midnight at this point but you get what i'm saying okay our calendars are arbitrary because time really doesn't exist except it does exist for us in physical bodies so a lot like retrogrades times it is an illusion but it's an illusion we live with so planets all right planets move in direct motion they station okay and then they retrograde they station and they move direct there's a little more to that cycle some people erroneously call the time period before mercury retrogrades the pre-shadow that is an impossibility on so many levels it is pre-retrograde it is not the pre-shadow okay it's not the pre-shadow it's the pre-retrograde this is why scientists make fun of us and bully us guys we cannot let's not be lax okay you cannot have a pre-shadow you do not walk outside in the morning and you leave your front door and go out and if the sun is shining look down at the pavement and go well my shadow isn't there yet but it's gonna be i'm in my pre-shadow phase no there's no shadow okay you're walking forward so what the pre-retrograde phase is is it appears that the planet is slowing down to our perceptions then it stations that means it looks like it stopped and then it will change direction it'll move appear to go retrograde okay and that means it looks like it's moving backwards and it does that for about three weeks then it stations okay then it moves direct and it goes through the shadow of the retrograde it is not a bad omen it's not like in harry potter and they see the grim okay it just means it's going back through the 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 place it retrograded so it's going through the shadow of the retrograde and it just means you're you're still dealing with issues that you were dealing with before mercury went retrograde during the retrograde and you're winding them up during the shadow okay which takes another two and a half almost three weeks then it's moving on its own direct and you know it's just doing its thing speaking of retrograde saturn spends five months of out of the year retrograde okay the outer planets all spend almost half of their time retrograde again the sun and the moon do not appear to go retrograde all right jupiter goes retrograde fair amount venus goes retrograde about every other year same with mars okay every two years right so venus is going retrograde this summer but i'm not going to talk about that now i just putting a bug in your ear i'll do a whole episode about venus and leo going retrograde we have so many fish to fry we don't need to talk about it 
<clears throat> so the parts of the retrograde are pre-retrograde where mercury slows down we're just talking about mercury retrograde itself pre-retrograde mercury appears to slow down the station okay when it looks like it's stopping then it it moves into retrograde motion for about three weeks it stations again at the end of that moves direct it's in direct motion then and it moves through the the shadow okay for about three weeks and that's the retrograde cycle all, all of the retrogrades do that what about the nodes the nodes aren't planets the nodes are calculation points they're mathematical points they're not celestial bodies in the sky and I think people put way too much emphasis on them. Okay. Way too much emphasis on them. If you need to focus on the celestial bodies first. Okay. I know you want to be all mystical and get all this ancient wisdom and I get it. Uh, you know, I, I started my journey with some similar thoughts in certain areas, but astrology is so much cheaper and broader and liberating when you actually get into the real deal and speaking of the real deal a lot of people are coming into my comments in my live saying my jupiter is in taurus and so my return is starting <clears throat> a return does not happen until the planet or the celestial body or the calculation point has returned to the degree and minute it is in the birth chart now you can you can translate what i did in the saturn return video i did on youtube to explain that because people will think they're in a saturn return for the whole of a saturn transit and that is not what happens okay i know there are people who claim to be hellenist astrologers out there who say oh no the greeks didn't bother about the aspect so it's the whole time that is not all the way true it is also an erroneous way of thinking you're right the greeks did not put emphasis nor did the babylonians or the romans they did not put emphasis on returns because they didn't have the math to do it okay we didn't use zero actively in mathematical equations until the 11th century Right? math matters and it matters in spiritual pursuits too it's not separate our conscious expansion is something that is married between our left and our right brains okay which by the way neuroscience proves there's no such thing as left brain right brain thinking um art involves science and math music involves science and math whether you're cognitive of the science and math involved it's still there it's still there when i was a little girl and i mean really little i taught myself how to play a keyboard there were music books that came with this keyboard and what i did is i numbered the notes and i equated them to the keys yes i have perfect pitch 
But to me, it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight as a kid. Right. And I think I read a little bit about it in one of the other books. It numbered them instead of using letters. Letters seemed confusing when it came to the keys because they were in a row and it seemed more numerical. Math and physics are part of what we use to understand the world. Astrology is a notation system that translate or, translates our understanding of energy. And we assign each one of the symbols meaning. A return is the end of one cycle and the beginning of another. And the length of the return is dependent on the proximity of the planet as it moves into a conjunction and to the exact return which forms a chart from the degree and minute the planet is in the natal chart. Now that can be really, really confusing when you're just learning astrology. And here's what I'm going to say about that. You don't need to know about returns as a beginning astrology student because it's not beginning astrology. I will argue it's not really intermediate astrology until you're further into your in intermediate studies. Okay. I know it's fascinating and it sounds sexy and it looks sexy, but it's unnecessary. And, you know, people, people, and I hear it and I feel it. You guys have to remember, I'm really, really intuitive. And I can hear the need to be special or the need to have a good year or have something good happen. And, and that's the other reason we want to be nitpicky about um, nomenclature, how we talk about astrology. Can you tell I'm getting ready to teach classes? That's right. I may add in a few more classes. I don't know. We've had quite a few people interested in natal chart foundations. It starts May 20th. It's not working in everybody's schedule. So I might get one starting in the summer because they're 12 weeks. This is, this is, you know, solid live teaching um, it's not just recorded videos. I could do that. I could do that. And I have done that. I just, ah, it's not as juicy as getting people into understanding y'all. Um, there will be supplementary videos. There will be things you have to study. This is, this is not a just lecture. This is, there's some real study that goes into this, <clears throat> but it's, it's really important to understand that just because you can regurgitate terms doesn't mean you understand it all the way. Okay. And I'm not dissing you or, and I'm not saying that you're not smart. Not at all. We only know what we know. And so that, and, and I'll tell you straight out when I was a young astrologer and I just started reading professionally a couple of years before I went to my first conference, I was so disappointed when I went to the conference because my instructors had really forced me to be able to argue my points and, and be able to explain my interpretations because they all saw in me the gift of communication. So they wanted me to really focus on communicating the chart. And I was feeling kind of lonely in my astrology practice. Yeah, I had my mentors and people online I could talk to, but I really want to talk to people, you know, in person. So I went to this conference and there were a whole bunch of people there and we'd start talking and people would be like, oh, did you know Saturn is uh, in Aries? Because Saturn was in, actually it was in Gemini at the time. Did you know Saturn's in Gemini? And 
yeah, Saturn's in Gemini. You know what that means? I'd be like, well, yes. And I'd start talking about it. They'd be like, oh, because they didn't know what it meant. They just would be like, oh, Saturn's in Gemini. Saturn is square this. And they'd be like, oh, it's square that. But they didn't talk about what that actually meant. Right? I was really bummed. I was really bummed. So, um, it really bummed me out that people couldn't just talk about it. You know, all the teachers I studied with could talk about it and talk about what things meant. Even here on the podcast, there'll be people who say, Lori rambles. I don't like this. I want to learn. Why is Lori rambling? And except you're not listening. Everything I talk about is, is relevant to the week's astrology. And if you're listening, you'll hear the key words in astrology, you know. And also, if you want to learn from me, this is a great beginning space, especially if a class doesn't fit into your schedule or your budget. I get it. But if you're just wanting to glean knowledge, take a class. <laughs> I'm a fire hose. And those are very organized. Um, those are very organized. This is a podcast. It's important not to just regurgitate information. It's important to ask questions and to do read, read good books. Okay. I don't refer people out to books. I've got beginning guides and, and it's funny because people race through those and not realize they're meant as living references. You can go back to them time and time again. Um, and it's important. You know, and honestly, the first thing you can do when you're studying astrology, memorize your glyphs. It's your ABCs. Memorize your glyphs. You know, you learned it as a kid. Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius. Pisces, they go in order. That was the zodiac in order. The sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. No, I'm not adding in all the other stuff. Just learn that. Learn what those are. Be able to identify it. Because if you can't identify it looking at a chart, and you have to keep looking back and forth, back and forth. Ooh, what's this? What's the? You're not going to develop the linguistic ability to translate that information fluidly. And then it's no better than taking an online personality test. Which chocolate chip cookie am I? <laughs> okay. Whereas they can be fun. It's not giving you the keys to unlocking yourself. So... Um, yeah, I don't care if you study with me or you take class with somebody else, but but study it. Now, where I'm getting concerned is there's people teaching classes that are like, oh, orbs don't matter. We can use a 15 degree orb because the Greeks said it was okay. I'm like, again, I don't know. The drink, Greeks let, drank out of lead cups and pipes and put belladonna in their eyes and, you know killed Socrates for corrupting the youth and married siblings. I, I don't know that that found, you know, worked with patriarchy, embedded it in Western culture. I, I, okay. Okay. You know, you, you can't use that as the basis of your argument and, and have it be an academic or, or valid argument. So, 
it isn't that there isn't useful information that came out of Project Hindsight. It's a fascinating academic study. Fascinating. And that's what it was meant to be. Okay. What happened was, is there were people who said, oh, the math is hard when we look at Placidus or when we're studying the intricacies of modern astrological um, process. And this is easier. And easy isn't always better. Okay. So that's just my two cents. I still love reading through the information that came out of Project Hindsight. I, I love the concepts. Um, it was a fascinating astrological um, foray into understanding the history of, of this wonderful subject that I've dedicated my life to. <clears throat> but I don't hear a lot of good arguments other than it's original. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> there's, there's better arguments. There's better arguments. And I love a good argument. So take your time and learn you know, and again, if you're a patron, you get my astro guides, use those, refer to those. Um, I'm making up flashcards right now for everybody in the natal chart foundations class to be able to print out or, you know, copy onto, you know, three by five inch cards for themselves, but flashcard study cards to help make it a little more tactile. That's something I did for myself as a young student. So <clears throat> remember, um, I covered a lot of ground here. So you might, might want to just like, remember, this is the spot where we talked about Mercury retrograde, about returns, understanding your studies and how we talk about astrology. And, and we'll do more of that. And of course, I'll be answering questions from patrons at the end of the podcast in the Q&A section. So if you're a patron, don't forget to ask your questions in there. I'm glad to answer them here on the podcast. music means it's time for my favorite part of the podcast it is time for patron shout outs without patrons there is no awake space astrology podcast so if you run into a patron on a live stream or you want to just leave a comment here on the podcast just say thank you to them Patrons give pledges monthly to support the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. They submit questions and they do things like leave timestamps on the on the, the uh, YouTube videos. And we have a wonderful Discord with a community that connects. Um, I am really, really amazed at the support. And not just for me, but for everybody in there. If somebody has... You know, a big life change or is going through something, there's a space for them to find their community and find people who have like interests, everything from gardening and cooking to music and humor and, you know, and I'm talking comedy. There's some pretty funny stuff in there. Current events. It's all astrologically related because astrology reflects life. And the one thing I can guarantee you moving forward into the future for the foreseeable future, the next 20 years, what we have to do is reshape how we build community and understand that it is like hearts, not like minds that build the future. And 
this is just one small effort to help in that process and it packs a wallop. So I'm going to name the patrons, the newest patrons, and give them a big shout out. And then I have a few notes for you guys. I've got some interesting stuff coming up for patrons, but also about some patrons. So hold tight. All right. We've got Lizzie, Caitlin, Susan, Hazel, James, Jerrica, Juti, Sarah, Sam, Electra, Susan, Nikki, Simone, Andrea, Radine, Sherry, Polly, Reba, Kyle, Danny, Kendall, Shannon, Tosha, Mugwort, and Moon Podcast, Charlie Fox, Chloe, Varina, Krista, Rosina, Natalie, Michelle, Dominic, and Kaya or Kaya. Thank you so much. Now, I'll probably mention this a little bit because I know people forward through this part because I'm naming names and you're like, I want to get to the good stuff. But this is the good stuff, guys. This is the good stuff. So I want to give a big shout out to Jen, who is the host of the Gemini Baby podcast. She gave a beautiful shout out um, to me as an astrologer and in her last reading back in march one of the first things i said is you know you're starting a podcast right because the timing is perfect and she was like oh my gosh this is like the universe just driving me to it anyway um it was an absolutely gorgeous shout out it was about 20 minutes long and she was like i apologize for fangirling i'm like uh i i'm not gonna say no to that so you can listen to the gemini baby podcast and Jen is a music professional. She, she worked in the music industry and she's trying to reinvent that. And she's sharing her journey on her own podcast. A um, couple of more shout outs. Uh, patron Tracy St. Croix is an evidential medium. Yes, I hang out with mediums and tarot readers and all sorts of cool people. Tracy can go live on TikTok. And I was able to help boost some of her views in... Um, this weekend actually i was i was just hastily trying to get stuff done on saturday but she went live i caught it and i went live with her make sure you follow tracy st croix on tiktok because she is an amazing and very accurate psychic i don't hang out with slouches guys um i, I love carrie wilson i go to carrie wilson for a variety of things i go to tracy as well they're both phenomenal in their own ways you want to hang out with those guys they are beautiful people and very very professional with high ethics and you know how much i i hammer ethics right um let's see i had somebody else oh i want to give a big uh celebratory shout out to maverick she's what or they are winding up grad school yahoo that is exciting and they they were very helpful with youtube big shout out to shay shay has time stamped some of my videos and i i adore shay thank you on youtube um she, she she's done that and then andrew <laughs> taught me how to do the timestamps manually big thank you um, I can add those now to other videos that I get up on the YouTube channel. Um, it takes a village, people. It takes a village. Uh, I want to also give huge thanks to the mods. Kathy, who is Sister Leck, is, is one of the hostesses with the mostesses on the Discord. Shanette, Shane, 
Shane is very helpful at pointing people in the right direction and sharing some of those beautiful, deep, intuitive insights of, of his. And then, of course, as always, the astrologers who I don't refer to pancakes anymore because they are all grown up astrologers. They're going to be starting to study transits as far as readings go. They're, they're well versed in transits, but reading for clients is another story. So they're going to start that part of their mentorship soon. <clears throat> Big shout out to Mackenzie, who's just phenomenal and deep. She's she's definitely got the makings of a spiritual and transformational coach and teacher we've got casey who has this amazing ability to just kind of hold space and see people right into the core of who they are draw them out of themselves jennifer who is another one who just really can hold space for the essence of the person and kind of nurture them through the reading offers a lot of resources, especially when it comes to neuroscience and, and practical ways of, of harnessing their, their talents. And Rita, Rita, who is so deeply fascinated by the human condition and, and helping people navigate to their path and their soul's purpose. She's another metaphysical mystic muse developing into her mastery. And just each one I get such great feedback for. So if you've been wanting a natal reading, you definitely want to book with them. If you're a patron, you get $75 off any reading this month. Also, the 2024 year ahead is now scheduled for June 30th of 2023. Yep, I don't normally do my year ahead so far out. Usually I wait till the end of the year. But um, in 2022, I did this. I'm doing it again in 2023. I'll do it in 2024 for 2025 as well. Because each year is its own blend of what is that? And so I want to give you guys a heads up. Uh, patrons get 50% off. Patrons get 50% off the year ahead. And um, and that's at all levels. Our levels begin at $5 a month and go up to 55 We have uh, the planet of the month and living by Luna essentially are the same thing. I need to change the tier information. I can't can't merge the tiers. I can't merge the tiers, but both of those tiers get all of it. Mystery School is a community-driven learning process that helps you align into your highest self. It is a self-actualization program um, because you are the mystery and you are the magic. And it is something I designed years ago to help people walk through the journey of self-actualization it's an ever unfolding process it's very guided i'm present through the videos um i will be making new ones soon and and yes you will learn a little bit more of the mysticism as well but i can guarantee you it's encoded in every single week's program that you use as a student of the mystery school you got to be in that discord to get the most of it all right get the most out of everything you got to be in the various discords um especially in the mystery school that one we don't we we communicate in there not in the patreon and so you really want to be there if you're in the mystery school tier really important i know it can be a little difficult to learn how to use discord it took me a minute just click around guys you can't break it all righty what's up next um 
Hmm. What is up next? Got all kinds of classes coming up. I do. We've got the Natal Chart Foundations begins May 20th. And then, um, and I'll offer that maybe again this year. I don't have any dates planned. Um, but I'll probably offer it again later on. Usually I teach this once a year in some way, shape or form, but we're getting down to brass tacks after teaching, um, large groups of people over the last couple of years, I've really begun to see where the gaps are and where I can help fill those gaps. So people have a really strong, solid astrological education. And that's important. It's important. You want, it helps you understand you. And that's my goal. It's, my goal is not to be, you know, arrogant and superior, be like, ah, oh, you're wrong. It, it's to give you a strong foundation so you can really unpack and deconstruct the things that are in your way. So you're no longer an agent of oppression against yourself than giving you the keys to liberating yourself in the way that you designed yourself to be. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at. Did we get our laundry done yet? I got to put my clothes in the dryer. Hmm. All right, let's do some astrology Q&A. questions to be answered here on the podcast sometimes i think i'm answering them again but you know i don't expect everybody to listen to every single episode but to the thousands of you who do i want to say thank you this was the other announcement i was looking for we have well over a hundred thousand listens in total to the three seasons and i i'll say most of those hundred thousand came in in the last year and a half because I was mostly just talking to myself the first year. I didn't expect anybody to really listen to me. And once I started getting an audience, I was like, well, I'm, maybe I should shape this into something. So um, big thank you to all of you in the 68 countries that listen to us um, here at the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. Uh, it, it is an honor. And I don't care if there's just one listener in that country. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. And I mean that. Because um, obviously I could just sit here and talk to myself. I have Venus and Gemini. I am a very good audience. But it's really nice to know that people are interested in learning more about astrology, hearing about the current events that can come up, and understand how you can actualize and and be deliberate in your life and 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 live meaningfully I, that to me that is outstanding that you'd want to hear this so thank you thank you so much so getting to the questions i think i've answered this one before this is from Alyssa. i heard you say that degree theory is incorrect does that mean you don't use decans um decans are are actual astrology that has nothing degree theory may claim it but degree theory is where they assign meaning to each of the degrees in a divinatory way you know when they talk about the evil degrees there's no such thing as an evil degree okay there's not a good degree there's not an angelic degree there's not an evil degree that when you assign morality to a number that is a problem okay that's superstition decans describe those are the 10 um, degree 
spaces in a sign. So you have the first 10 degrees, the second 10 degrees, and the third 10 degrees. And what those talk about is the maturity of the energy. Okay. Now, some people use planetary rulerships for the decans. I like to use signs because I think signs are more descriptive linguistically. And of course, a sign is ruled by a planet. So the planet is there de facto. So, um, yes, I do use decans. Um, I don't sit and map them out like I did as a young astrologer. It's kind of just encoded into the strangeness that is my brain. <laughs> anymore I w- I've, I've been getting onto podcasts as a guest in fact I have one coming up on Tuesday that I'll be on um, and one of those was with a really wonderful lady who's an intuitive when when I get the email saying that well, these, these podcasts are going to go live with my interviews of course I'll give a shout out here on the podcast to them and sing it Sing it high and low of where where I've been a guest on. But this particular lady is very intuitive and very psychic. And she took a peek at my brain as I'm ta- as I was talking about astrology. And I said, you know, I often want to show people how my mind works. And she goes, oh, no, I'm looking. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> somebody can see inside my brain. It's so cool because it's it's a thing. So I don't map them out as I will teach students how to map them out. Um, but what I, but it's part of my thinking, let's put it that way. So, but yeah, decans are a traditional part of astrology as are anoretic degrees, the zero degree, the 15 degree and the 29th degree. They mark the maturity in the signs. So that's always a good question to answer. Moving on. Let's see what else do I got here. I'm going to jump ahead. I kind of do these randomly. Miranda, can I talk more about composite charts in synastry? So synastry is is about relationship. It's not just relationships in a romantic sense. It's any kind. So like the parent-child readings that I do, that's synastry. When I do um, business teams, okay, whether, you know, it's four or five people, ten people, that can be synastric. A composite chart is where... And there's a couple of different ways to do it. I like midpoint composites. And that is where two charts are blended and the midpoints are, are put together. And this shows the energy of, of that relationship itself. Okay. The focus of that relationship itself. Um, they should not be looked at standalone. Reading synastry requires multiple charts. You wanted to you know, one party on the inside, one party on the outside of the wheel to see that perspective. And then you switch it and then composites play a role. Um, I find that people just beginning in astrology kind of jump into synastry a little too fast without all of the information. Again, astrology is not dot to dots and it's not simple. Um, synastry is something I would hold at the end of an intermediate st- level study. I would not begin it in the beginning. You need to understand natal astrology very thoroughly before any kind of synastry, let alone composites, makes sense. Because remember... Um, it, again, it's not just about grabbing a book. And and there are some really fine books, you know, Robert Hand, Robert Pelletier. The language is going to be outdated, you know. The language is going to be outdated because concepts change, culture changes, social ideals change, and how we use language changes. 
And so you can't just sit with a cookbook. And that's what all astrologers call it, even the people who wrote them. Okay. You can't just sit with a cookbook and be an expert. You've got to study the matter and, and learn it. So I would get really, really good at understanding my natal chart. I also think people because they look for what they think they're missing in themselves in relationship, they're looking for somebody else's planets to plug the holes. And that is just going to be a life lesson. <laughs> okay. That is just, trust me on that one. Okay. So composites are a combination of two or more charts. Alrighty. What else have we got? Let's see. Let's see. I'm 40. I've never had my chart read. And this is from Allison. I'm interested in booking a session. I wonder if it's best to start with a natal reading. I'm also considering career and life planning session because I'm having to make some big unexpected career changes right now. Where do you recommend I start? I can only afford one right now. Allison, if you've never had a reading, you want a natal reading. Okay. Because you can't make those decisions that you're looking for. And this goes to everybody, but you can't make those decisions if you don't have a deep understanding of yourself. Now, a natal reading may not tell you everything like, or well, it will tell you everything about you if one of us does it, but it, it's not going to tell you any surprises in fact, a lot of times people feel like they have permission to really be themselves. So we shouldn't surprise you with anything in a natal chart reading, but we might tell you things that you haven't talked about with other people. Okay. And I'm not talking about trauma. I'm talking about sometimes your heart's desire is something you keep locked away. Um, you know, I can't count the times I've done a natal reading for someone. And I, I just ask what people do for a living. I just do because a lot of times people aren't aligned into their best path. And so I'll be like, Oh, are you in real estate? And they'll be like, no, I, I do this. And I'll be like, are you happy doing whatever it is you're doing? And they'll be like, no, I hate it. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you're meant to be doing something like this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, always, always start with a needle reading. If you haven't ever had a reading before, or if you haven't had an actual professional reading, um, and, and if you're really stuck at a crossroads, then, you know, in a pinch, you can do an astro energies reading. I'm not going to do a full out career session, but I will give you pointers because I'm the one who does the consultations. Um, career life planning is more like long-term envisioning, but if you're stuck at a crossroads, astro energies is probably your best bet. Gosh, I wish I could talk to you guys about some of the stuff that's up on deck, but I cannot. I got some big stuff. Um, I got some big stuff coming up. Um, and I'm trying to tell myself what I tell clients. Don't look at it like it's big. Okay. Cause it's not, it's, it's not as big as it feels, but it is, it's a big deal to me, right? It's a big deal to you. Um, let's see. I answered that one last week. I'm just looking for questions. Do, 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 do. Let's see. What have we got? Oh, you know, I think I answered this one before, but I think I'm going to touch on it again, especially this week. Alyssa asks, can you please talk about knowing the difference between intuition and anxiety slash trauma-based fear? Yeah. Um, and I get all of it. 
So when you get that pit of your stomach or your throat tightens up or your chest gets tight, that's anxiety or trauma-based fear. Okay. It's also your gut into your gut instinct. We have instinct too. Now, if you're a patron, you have access to the guide to instinct and intuition. Okay. Where I explain the differences. All right. And, and you might've read through it, read through it again. I might do that one as an audio file because we have members who are low vision or visually challenged and they need some audio. So I think I might read through that and that may, that may help out. Um, intuition has no feeling to it. It's, it's just an impulse or a thought. Um, whereas instinct will have a feeling to it. You'll feel the fear. You know, so if you've ever walked down a road and you just felt like you were in the wrong place or you walked into a building and you're like the hair on the back of your neck stands up and or you get a, just a gut clenching fear like, oh, this is not the right place. Or you're with somebody and you're like, "Ooh, danger, danger. That is instinct. OK, now it can also happen. Speaking of trauma. So if <laughs> And I'm only laughing because I'm thinking of myself. So my, my current boyfriend, um, is, is very loving and very supportive. And I, I have not always had that in my life. Okay. I've, I've lived a life. Let's put it this way. It's been interesting. It ain't been easy, but it's been interesting. And so he, he is unwavering in his, in his affection. He is unwavering. It doesn't change. It doesn't go away. It doesn't give up. It's just solid. It's there. And I've been the one dancing around it. Okay. And there was a point in time about two and a half years ago, actually two years ago, because we got back together two years ago, because I broke up with them before that. Um, yes, I did. There were good reasons for it though. And it was important, but we came back together two years ago and you know, I kept getting these moments of freakouts. Like you guys wouldn't even recognize me because, you know, I wasn't my self that I am right now. I, I would like literally flip out. I would just be sure that he wasn't going to be around. Call it an anxious attack attachment style. <clears throat> and there would just be this panic there. And so I would take that as, oh, this isn't a good relationship. But what it was is here's a loving, stable relationship that I wasn't used to having, you know. And so it was just old stuff that needed to be cleaned up, you know. Like, oh, there it is. There it is. So that can be, that's a trauma-based reaction because he felt unfamiliar. It wasn't normal to me. It wasn't a sleazeball or a scumbag <laughs> or somebody trying to manipulate or possess it's somebody who, who doesn't try to tell me what to do somebody who says oh that's what you want to do okay cool you know it's your life you need to do what is best for you you know I'm like why aren't you trying to tell me what to do <laughs> well because he loves me and so I get that intuition is what I would feel into to get past the, the anxiety I'd be like now when I really feel into it where's the threat there wasn't any so that's something to remember. Now, another way intuition can come is you just get an impulse. You'll be like, hey, I really feel like going into town today. And you see something really cool on the way. Maybe you get a, a, a bunch of signs and symbols from the universe or 
maybe you hear your favorite music and that puts you in a good mood and then you meet somebody and everything works out and that's that's pretty cool so thank you Alyssa that is very cool by the way you submitted this at 11:33 p.m on the 5th of may hope you listen in let's see <laughs> uh, okay sarah j asked um does astrology ever change depending on location particularly hemisphere i've heard you say that eclipses only have an impact where it's visible are there other similar rules of thumb about hand how transits are impacted by location or whether it's night or day or does the transit have the same impact on the entire globe that's a really good question sarah um Okay, so the thing about eclipses is because it's about visibility because it's the luminaries. Okay, when it comes to transits, they're global. Now, what is the chart in the location? Okay, that's going to tell us what area of life is being impacted. Okay, you know, what part of the political specter is being impacted impacted what part of the economy is being impacted or isn't an you know one place it's going to be an economic matter and another place it's not so um there's various this is that's mundane astrology so transits are global in the case of an eclipse it's about visibility because they're, they're not always visible in a wide range okay and it's the luminaries right so they're only they only have a malefic impact if it's visible otherwise you treat it like a new or full moon good questions guys i love this okay i'm gonna do one more one more let's see what else i got guys there's some there's hundreds of you and there are not hundreds of questions i want questions let's see katcha what kinds of things might you expect from your Venus return? What if Venus retrogrades back to the sign degree of your Venus return? Good question, Katya. All right. So a Venus return is going to show, first of all, it becomes a chart. And the chart we want to look at is the final return. So sometimes Venus goes forward, retrogrades back, and then goes forward again. It's on that last forward return that we want the chart. Okay. You're going to be working towards that stuff. Okay. And what stuff? Your values, how you draw things to you. I just had my Venus return and it was in the sixth house. And I was like, how surprising, how surprising. <laughs> I'm going to be working. <laughs> You'd better work, girl. Um, and, you know, so my work in the world is 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 going to draw what benefits me most. Okay, that that's that's a very simple answer on a return. Again, returns are more advanced intermediate astrology. Okay, and there's not a lot written about them. And you want to know why? It's a real simple reason. It's astrologers' bread and butter. That's why. We don't write a lot about this stuff. You know, we teach our students and not even always in classes. Sometimes we just teach our students and they'll be what you tend to read about returns is just the kind of the tip of the iceberg. But we we will teach advanced students who are very close to us, who we want to carry forth our legacy. That, that's kind of the reason there are people who teach it. But but I find that the deep stuff doesn't get taught. 
because it is our bread and butter. This is, oh, is that gatekeeping? Yes, it is. It is because we put our lives into the study. But yeah, so you want to look at the last return, always any return. The final return sets the chart for the cycle that you're looking at. And in Venus's case, it's about a year, every, you know, so I just had my Venus return this year. I'll have it again in April of 2024. I think, or 2025. I got to look. It's got to be 2025. Can't be 2024. Anyway, that's why we use software. I can't memorize everything. Let's see. All right. Okay. Um, Denise. So your question is, is, um, I'm, I'm not going to read out all of your interceptions, Denise. Um, cause that's effectively asking for a reading. Um, so your first and seventh house are intercepted and your 11th and fifth are intercepted. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Those that would be correct. So your first and seventh and your fifth and 11th are intercepted. How do they play a role in the chart? Well, this may have been before I did the video on interceptions, but there is a video on YouTube all about interceptions. They play a role. Um, you don't, you don't need to worry about whether there's planets or no planets. The houses each have a meaning and, um, first first house is all about yourself and it's hard when you have an intercepted first house so that means you weren't really allowed to be self-expressive in the way you needed to be when you were young which makes it hard to be in authentic relationships the seventh house because if you've never been allowed to express yourself how do you know how to work in relationship with other people likewise the fifth house is about creative self-expression and the 11th house is about collaboration. And so it's more like maybe there were some controlling people in your life, or maybe there was somebody who needed a lot of attention and you were kind of left to your own devices. And so these, you're not doomed. It just means transits open these things up. Lucky you, you're going to have Venus in that first house for a whole long time this year, because it's going to, it's going to go retrograde and then go forward. If you want to know more about interceptions, that's anybody, you can go to my YouTube channel and watch the video about them where I explain interceptions. Interceptions aren't exactly beginning astrology. It's, I'm going to touch on it very, very, uh, no, I'm touching on that in intermediate. That's right. I'm looking at, I'm just hinting at retrograde planets because the question always comes up in natal astrology. So we'll, we'll touch on retrograde planets and what they kind of mean in a birth chart. Interceptions and retrogrades we're doing in intermediate astrology that starts June 3rd. That's an invitation only or an application only class. So let's see. And if you applied, you got your emails for those of you who were moving forward. If you didn't, um, then you got one about natal chart foundations. And if you didn't get all of that, let me know. We got Kiki. 
my best friend got engaged on the 10th of may is that a bad omen they got married in or sorry they got engaged during mercury retrograde nope nope kiki that is not a bad omen um in fact i don't like omens <laughs> uh mercury retrograde they could have been in fact whoever popped the question could have been wanting to do it for a while or it's just a resolution to an outstanding situation so kiki i think it'll be fine i think it will be fine so that's a good question but no it's not a bad omen you can sign a lease you can um i've signed a lease for an apartment during a retrograde because i needed a place it resolved an issue for me i bought a new car during a retrograde because i literally needed a car um, that was a whole saga it resolved so um, mercury retrograde does not mean the engagement will not last and if you have concerns about the relationship itself then just be prepared to support your friend um Oh, Mama AJ, can you explain the difference be uh, between when a planet goes stationary and when it goes direct? Are they the same thing or are they different? They are different. They are not the same thing, Mama AJ. And I talked about the, the process of Mercury retrograde or any planetary retrograde. A planet stations, that means it looks like it stops and then it goes into a direction, whether it's going direct which is forward or retrograde so the station happens and then it's in direct motion so it stations direct though so think about it if you're marching and you know one two three four you stop that would be station and you you turn on your heel that shows the direction you're going to be going so i hope that helps what good questions everybody i could I, you know questions are my crack so i need you guys to ask me questions i need you guys to ask me questions for me to answer so if you're a patron fill out the google form fill out the google form fill out the google form um i look so forward to your questions you ask such good ones you ask such good ones so um Come into the Discord if you're not in the Discord, if you're a patron. This is where the action happens, guys. And I look forward to talking to you next week about the shenanigans we've survived this week. And if you're a patron, make sure you come in on Tuesday for the uh, for the radio show where you can... Well, I mean, we'll be on video, too. It's a live streaming event, but you can call in if you're using an internet browser on a computer. And I'll get those instructions out to you again today, Monday, May 15th. All right. Thank you for listening to the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you.